0: Hello, everybody. Welcome to B2B Rocks. Today is July 11th. Hopefully, my sound is working well. Um,
1: hold on, here, just a second. Uh, let me just send out a quick little chat.
0: I um, have my guest here, uh, Denise. I don't know how you pronounce it, Denis or Denise. He'll tell us in a second here. Um, before we get going, I just want to touch on something a little bit um well first of all we're going to be talking about hiring internationally today of mm-hmm. do's and don'ts um from someone who's done this quite a bit more than than most people have it would be interesting to hear leo about this um you know uh i just i was reading an article let me switch to this article really quickly about elon musk 52 um I guess it doesn't really matter age very much, but I'm 51. So it just seems like this isn't a really mature thing he's doing. And I guess the warning I would tell Elon if I could would just be something like it's a thin line between being rich, eccentric and successful and just being crazy. Um, and uh, I hope. Um, I don't know. He need, kind of needs a Twitter intervention. He needs someone to come in there and, and help them a little bit. But uh, we'll, we'll see how this works out. I, I think um, challenging people to fights and, and measuring different parts of our anatomy, I don't think that's a good way to resolve issues. And um, it should be interesting to, have the, to see what happens with Twitter. Um, I was really skeptical of the purchase, but we'll see what happens. He's a pretty smart guy and he's pulled up some amazing things so we we'll he's capable of doing going forward. But he's got, a, he's got a good size challenge in front of him. But hopefully you can find a little bit better way to react to that. Uh, we'll we'll see what our guest has to say about that. I think he's I think he's in about the same age group as I am as well. Um, much
1: younger, much younger,
0: much younger. Hold on, let me. There is. A, let me uh,
1: bring you in here. There we go. I need to bring you in. You're 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 a little blurry
0: around the head. I think it's because you don't have your green screen up, but you're you're fine. Welcome, Leo. How are you?
2: I'm very good. Good to, uh, to be here. Good to uh, to hear you again, Steve. It's been yeah. a while. You're going to be back again this year for B2B Rocks, correct? Of course. Of course. I'll be uh, at Station F uh, 19th of September. Really looking forward to it. I'll yeah. be emceeing one of the stage. Um, and uh, for those who remember the backstage in Montpellier, uh, I will be back and really looking forward to it. Great. I think
0: the, my favorite part, well, there were so many good parts. I think um, one of the amazing things, some backstory from B2B Rocks last year was at one point, our stage uh, blew off. Yes. And I was actually on the stage, and all the people freaked out and ran off the stage because outside, and sometimes you can just get some gusts of wind in Montpellier. Um, and so the stage, the whole cover of the stage blew off, and the crew told us to get off the stage. It wasn't safe. And um, I walked down to our, our CEO and he was just cool as a cucumber he's like yeah no big deal We'll 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 figure out a way around this we'll we'll get around this so we changed format a little bit we moved to a different format instead of people presenting uh we went to a thing but um it's um it's one of the reasons why teammates are so important um leo we're going to talk about hiring internationally i promise you we'll get to that really quickly but do you have any thoughts without getting too risque? Do you have any thoughts on Elon Musk? Do you think he needs medication? Do you think he needs an innovation an intervention? Uh, do you think all good, <laughs> all publicity is good publicity and it doesn't matter what he does? Or do you think he's, he, I he, mean, uh, I
2: was reflecting about it, uh, cause I think the first I heard about, you know, his plan to, uh, you know, introduce a uh, robotic and, uh, uh, you know into human was uh probably uh, I don't know almost ten years ago and you know I was okay. Um that that sounds weird, but like you know it's it's about to happen. Uh so if there is one thing it's it's probably crazy. It's you know we also need to acknowledge it's probably very visionary. Um and is very, very good at uh you know uh executing uh, and realizing uh you yeah. know Business ideas you know and and you know when you look at the the success he has currently with you know Tesla you know revolutionizing um you know the car industry, which is you know one of the oldest uh industries still standing it's it's quite amazing so he's he's crazy, but you know they there are a bunch of people actually you know following him uh no you know from uh you know personality standpoint uh you know i'm not 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 a big fan. Mm-hmm. Um, and, uh, yeah, so that, that's, you know, why I would, you know, I'm still a bit borderline in terms of, um, uh, you know, when I hear his name, uh, but, you know, having been in, uh, at VivaTech, you know, widely I mean, actually the day before he came, you know, a lot of, uh, people were so excited about, you know, him coming to town and, uh, uh, you know, he's definitely, you know, the new, in a new way, the new kind of Richard Brunson, uh, um, you know, in terms of success yeah. stories, so we need to, to acknowledge that.
0: That's true. R- Richard Branson disrupted a lot of industries as well. And I mean, I guess I have a lot of respect for Elon Musk and I have a feeling that if I could beat him, I'd probably be like enthralled. I'm sure he is, uh, he's got a super, he's probably the most interesting guy in the room, definitely. Um, but it just seems a little over the top. And I, I don't know if you know the story of Tesla, but he ended up poor. He was really smart and he ended up poor and starving in New York, living on the streets. So you just kind of hope that doesn't, doesn't happen to Elon, that he doesn't shoot himself. Up. He's, got,
2: he's, got a, a he's got a little runway. He's <laughs> got a little runway from where I can
0: Well, he wouldn't shoot himself in the foot. He he would tweet himself into the foot. (laughs) Uh, It'd be a little different. So listen, let's get to the subject here. Why don't you tell us a little bit about your role and what you do, Leo?
2: Yeah, cool. So I'm the the founder of a company called Australians. I started the the business back in uh, 2010 in Sydney. Um, The original vision was to help um, international talents and uh, innovative business uh, you know, to uh, succeed internationally. Uh, first market um, I really covered was Australia. So I helped um, a number of organizations from all over the world. I've helped uh, thousands of professionals uh, relocate to Australia, find their dream job in Australia. And then uh, probably since 2015, 2016, Uh, we started to help uh, Australian companies, especially uh, startup and SaaS companies, um, go to Europe. Uh, And uh, yeah, so basically our company is all about uh, creating uh, sustainable and meaningful connections. Um, We've got three line of uh, services, uh, talent acquisition, uh, market entry services, and startup network.
0: And what is? I think market entry. We understand. What is the startup network? Can you tell, me, tell us a little bit more the about that?
2: Startup network. So we've um, since 2016, uh, we've uh, run uh, um, a number of uh, events. We've actually run B two B Rocks for uh, four editions in Sydney, uh, the Australasian edition, um, 2016, 2017. I mean all the way uh, until COVID hit. Um, and we run um, n- a nomad uh, event series called uh, Startup and Angels, uh, which is now morphed into uh, a community of uh, over three thousand uh, entrepreneurs, investors, uh, experts um, in over fifty countries. Mm-hmm. Uh, we've we've recently launched in in France back in June, uh, and um, basically yeah, we create connection for um yeah early stage startups um to help them find their first clients first investors um and we run this on a, a kind of membership and event uh, community model
0: okay great um for those people who might not be familiar with that what what's going on in australia right now in startups and saas i mean for the last time i checked it was pretty hot hot on that yeah literally yes. figuratively
2: Yes. <laughs> so I mean uh, a lot of things are happening in Australia uh, right now. Um I mean few things I mean I think uh, you know climate tech uh is definitely uh very very hot. Uh I mean similarly to other market I think fintech had it very hard so we we've had a number of uh, you know clients really struggling to, with their with their funding. Uh recently um, there was, uh, you know, a number of uh, things happening, you know, in the tech space, you know, with obviously the large players um, uh, making a bunch of uh, redundancies uh, back in December, January. Uh, but overall, the ecosystem is, uh, you know, very, very strong. There is a big push in uh, in all the capital cities, actually, you know, especially so Sydney, where we've got a head office. Um, there's a new concept called Tech Central, uh, coming up that is pushed by the, the government. And in Melbourne, there is, um, uh, a big push as well to both, uh, help, uh, Australian startups expand internationally, uh, and as well at, attract investment. Uh, so they've actually created a, a state fund, uh, that is looking to invest into, uh, international startups uh, all over the world. Um, so there's, there's a big pusher and, you know, over my time in Australia, I think technology was probably, uh, just out of the top 10 industries, um, 10, 15 years ago with, you know, the, the leading technology company or, you know, the, the first unicorn, uh, is Atlassian, the first Australian unicorn. Uh, but, uh, yeah, no, technology is the fourth pillar of the economy. So it has overpassed, you know, uh, pillars like education, which traditionally was very, uh, very, very strong in Australia. Um, so, yeah, there is a big push, uh, um, you know, both in terms of software company, uh, but also in um, like um, for digital transformation uh, in Australia. So, very, um, you know, op- a country that is very open uh, for innovation. Um, early adopter of of technology, um, so you know it's a good um, uh, playground for um, you know tech entrepreneurs, I would say, uh, and uh, you know for SaaS in particular.
0: What about Paladec acquisition? Is the talent market is it very very tight or?
2: So it it has been extremely tight. Uh, I mean. You know that that's pretty much all we started um, with, with Australian talent or so, talent acquisition business back in 2016 is uh, through the realization of the of the of the talent shortage, uh, especially you know experienced talent because um, there has always been a large uh, student pool, uh, international student pool in Australia uh, who, uh, who enjoy some of the best uh, universities in Asia Pacific. So that attract a number of, um, uh, you know, professional from, you know, India, China, Vietnam, uh, Singapore, uh, who come to do, you know, master degree in, in Australia. So for entry level, the, the, the pool of talent was, uh, was interesting. Uh, but for experienced talent, uh, there was this kind of skill shortage, um, And, uh, that's where we looked at, um, you know, hiring from all over the world for a number of our clients. Um, no, I mean, with, with, um, the borders being closed during COVID, um, that has really created a a talent shortage. So unemployment is, you know, around 3% in Australia.
1: Mm. So,
2: you know, like, so literally, you know, uh, you know, restaurant, retail shops, you know, even, uh uber are struggling for staff um so so yeah it's been like a bit of a war for talent so with the recent uh redundancies you know in the tech space uh we've seen you know a number of good talents kind of uh changing ships or you know kind of looking at opportunities but like the, the market is very hot so basically yeah typically when when we recruit uh you know when we see you know good candidates you know within a month or six weeks you can have to three new job offers uh, on the table
0: well good if i ever want to change continents i, I know what i gotta do yeah no
2: it's it's, it's uh it, it's it's pe- pretty it's pretty uh good day, it's, mate. Pretty tech- <laughs> it's pretty hot in the tech space um and um yeah and you know it's it it is a very uh you know attractive country so Um, That is, you know, that is open for uh, international talents, and that is very, uh, um, you know, cosmopolitan. So, um, you know, I would say, you know, a little bit like um, the the Silicon Valley um, has been, where you know you can find all the nationalities uh, in the world. I know
0: a a lot of French people go to Australia when they want to learn English. So I don't know if the visa system is more friendly. That was my case. (laughs) That was was my case.
2: case? in 2002 yeah pretty much yeah that that's when i first uh i went there as a student back in 2002 and you know the i mean there were two reasons why i wanted to go to Australia was was uh, you know to learn english learn proper english uh and the second one was you know to get outside of my comfort zone and you know go at the other end of the world uh you know where i absolutely knew no one um and uh yeah i mean it's uh it's it's a very easygoing country, but you know it's at the other side of the world, depending yeah, on where you, know, you come from.
0: But also, I believe it's similar to the U.S., where it's a little bit like you got to be a shark, you got to keep moving, or you are drowned. I mean, financially, it's it's a country where there's not a lot of social support systems in place, and got to work and yeah. You know?
2: Yeah, I mean yeah yeah I agree I mean obviously you know you looking at um you know if you compare with uh you know France Germany you know uh you know the the thing is you know as a as a foreigner um you wouldn't have access to all this support you know like I am no, I'm Australian I can say that you know the um medicare system is you know very very generous um so you know I would say it's kind of more a matter of you know being a you know um a foreigner into a new country where you don't have access to uh, all the benefits, um, uh, you know, locally. Um, and yes, the, I mean, the cost of life, you know, in the in the capital cities, I mean, especially I would say Sydney and Melbourne, uh, and especially Sydney is quite high, um, but, you know, it would be comparable to, uh, you know, Paris or London, uh, or probably, yeah, I mean, in, maybe in between Paris and London in terms of cost of life uh so yeah if you don't uh if you don't work yeah your savings can uh, can dry out quite quickly uh you know at the same time they you know there's there's a lot of work um so you know if if you need uh you know a job to uh to feed yourself where you you know you you find the right gig for you that can be done within a week
0: yeah yeah so more opportunity as well um so do you, are you uh, I'm not sure I was really clear. You help companies hire for the Australian market and you help Australian companies hire for the European market. You do both ends?
2: Yeah. So basically, no, no. we've got three bays. So we, we, we've got a uh, head office in Sydney. Um, we've got a base in France and we've got a base in Hong Kong. Okay. Uh, so basically, our, our plan is to really help, uh, you know, companies go cross-border, uh, you know, at the moment. And, you know, that, that was... Uh, One of our burning projects is actually helping uh, Australian scale-up launch into uh, three new African markets. Uh, So we're literally hiring, uh, you know, a number of executive jobs in uh, South Africa, Rwanda, Senegal. Uh, We helped them last year in Ivory Coast. Um, You know, we've helped... uh, uh australian companies american companies hire uh in europe you know for uh regional teams um we've helped um uh yeah you know countless of international companies uh enter the australian market so you know typically we've got solution where you know we can provide uh sales uh you know sales rep or customer service as a um as a service um, but, you know, ultimately, you know, to help company grow, uh, you know, we need to help them build their local teams. Right. So, um, so, yes, that's what we've been we've been doing. So at the moment, you know, to to answer your question, I mean, at the moment, our scope is really, uh, you know, between Europe, Asia, Pacific or EMEA uh, in Asia Pacific. Uh, and we help uh, you know, innovative companies uh, that way to attract the the right talents for the right market.
0: So what are the what are the challenges for people recruiting globally and recruiting you know talent for different markets? How uh, you know why is that challenging for a French company to go recruit people for the Australian market and vice versa? What are what are the ch- things they trip up over?
2: Yeah, I would say I mean in the you know in the past um of I mean in terms of key challenges I mean one is uh you know you need to understand you know the the budget and you know uh the cost of uh the staff you know i I, I won't say necessarily an employee because no there are you know number of solutions you can hire someone in another market you know technically like provide them with an employment agreement but Mm -hmm. what your total cost you know like uh and for me kind of coming back to to france after after 15 years in australia I'm still trying to figure out, you know, so if a client gives me a budget of 100, you know, how much does that really mean in terms of remuneration for the candidate, you know, because there would be a bunch of tax in the middle. But, you know, one is to understand, you know, your, your budget and, you know, the, the total cost to the company, you know, mm-hmm. and also the benefit, uh, for the employee because, you know, that, that benchmark will drive the seniority of the staff, uh, you know, the type of people you, you will be able to attract. So first is kind of money budget uh, and it's quite important because you know that that's what's gonna create your expectation of uh, in terms of return on investment going into a new market um so uh, so that's that's one two um i think there is the definitely a, a cultural element so what we typically uh you know recommend you know as a rule of thumb is if you are a french company going to australia um, you know, hire someone non, non-French in a way. Uh, or if it's, you know, uh, like, uh, if, if you must have like a French speaking person for whatever reason, have, a, you know, a French Australian, like look for a, a binational or, you know, someone who's been in, in the target market for quite a while. Um, yeah. because, uh, you know, like, I'm, I won't kind of, um, name and shame, you know, uh, some large companies, uh, but um, one oh, please, of the can <laughs> we <laughs> sorry <laughs> some <laughs> large uh, government-owned companies building <laughs> marines <laughs> uh, <laughs> who didn't want to work with us. Um, but but the, the thing is um, culturally, there'll always be a difference. And we've helped uh, an Indian uh, company, like a, a large. Uh, actually, I mean, in in India, they, they, it's a quite a large listed company. We we had them in uh, in Australia, and you know for them it was a no-brainer. They needed uh, you know like uh, someone with an Indian background because just the way they work, you know, the administrative way they worked, yeah. uh, you know, and just the tone of the email they would send. I mean, you know, as an as like a, a non-Indian, I wouldn't have lasted in this company over two months. You know, yeah. uh, so culturally you need to find the right fit um, for your organization, but also for the target market. Because, I mean, one of the the reasons why you're going into a new market is either because you already have clients there and you need to serve them, or you're looking for clients (laughs) there, you know? So you need someone who, um, you know, will be able to do um, that, you know, sales or or customer-facing role. I am local. So, yeah, so I... I asked someone with local experience, you know, and f- for us, um, yeah, when we had, you know, typically Aircall uh, entered the, uh, ANZ market and then APAC, the first hire, they were, I mean, the first five hires, they were all kind of, uh, Australian born and grown. Uh, and you know, that was the sales team, uh, and the customer success team because, you know, that, that that, that was, uh the right fit for them uh in terms of uh the customer they were after. And that was you know one of the that was very complementary to you know their existing team. Uh and you know they having you know someone with a French accent uh you know on the Australian market wouldn't have ha- helped them. Um
0: it's not reassuring. It's it's it, you know I think humans, we're kind of in the end, we're kind of tribal. we like to be around yeah. people that are like ourselves, similar in values and clothing and everything else. And so if we hear a strange accent, it's actually kind of interesting to meet people with an accent. My accent works really well in France, but for business, uh, reassuring when you have a local.
2: Yeah, so, so you know, that, that the second element is, uh, you know, kind of uh, culturally. So one, you know, around this higher, uh, but also you need to uh, and there are some companies you now specializing into this. I mean, for, for us, it's kind of almost in our DNA, you know, to help our clients understand, you know, the culture and the differences with the target market. Uh, you know, actually, you know, sometimes with, with the French clients is the, the most difficult. I mean, um, you know, to tell them you, you just can't do that in, in this target market, you know, what you just have done, you know, arriving 20 minutes late in Australia is very rude. You lost that client forever, you know. In France, maybe it may be okay. You know, in in, in Brazil, you know, if you arrive with three, three hours uh, after the the meeting started, is is probably okay. Uh, you know, in Australia, in in Anglo-Saxon country, doesn't work. You know, come come early actually. So mm-hmm. that you know, small things like this, but it, that are uh, you know culturally very important. You know, because if you go to a new market, you need to be according to the, the the target market rules. Yeah. Cambodia would be very different. Uh, you know, there's, there's also this expectation of, uh, I mean, there are things, you know, bringing gifts, things like this. There are countries where, um, you know, it's expected. Uh, you know, there are countries where it's a big no-no, yeah? Okay? Uh, so that's, that's quite important in terms of, you know, the, for companies, you know, looking to not only hire, but looking to grow into new market. Is to be able, uh, you know, to have done this kind of due diligence and market research, um, and you know that that's why we comfortably kind of can recommend some of the the clients, you know, to go to you know Australia. If that's uh, for European or US companies, or for uh, you know. This morning I was with uh, uh, an Australian company, you know, uh, who is already established in the UK and Ireland, who is now looking at the market um you know obviously the the jump uh you know from uk to france you know looks smaller but at the same time you know different currency different language you know that, you know therefore you know you need a french speaking sales person you need local marketing you know a decent marketing in in you know in french you need to potentially you know adapt your um you know pricing strategy So basically you can't just you know ship someone from your uh, Australian head office to France and tell him, Hey, you're the French country ma- manager. Go nuts. Here are your targets. Eat them. Uh, so, so, and that's why, I mean, for us, it's quite, uh, you know, uh, always, always, you know, so interesting and, and challenging, um, you know, and kind of every new, uh, clients and engagement is, uh, um, you know, it's kind of almost a endless project, uh, in itself. And, uh, you know I must say if if the product uh you know the solution is good to start with uh you know like probably one of the um, yeah, biggest we've got few success stories uh very large success stories you know we we can share with our clients um but you know it all starts with the solution, but then that's all the way you then market it for your target market and and you take it you know the go the find the right go to market strategy um you know whether that's direct whether that's through the right distributor or agents uh you know in your target market
0: it's funny i I come back to this culture thing so often um in in my culture when i grew up like that we were always told to be like somewhere five minutes early and so now i live in the south of france and there's kind of like the 15 minutes late and so like three times a day i think i lose 20 minutes because i'm five minutes early and there's like 15 minutes late so thing and um you just recently reintegrated to france you're back in lyon right
2: yes 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 yeah after uh, yeah 15 years in uh, in sydney has uh, it been
0: hard to readapt to the french culture at all after living years? has that been challenging in any way
2: uh so yes and no so i mean yes definitely i mean very different lifestyle uh you know and uh something that is quite difficult um and you know for uh you know french people to understand is like i'm uh i'm not it's different you know i'm i'm in france i'm i'm an australian in france you know in a way you know i've done um most of my career no and my you know adult life outside of france right okay so even though i got the french education um you know, like I'm a different person. So, and I've, you know, even though I, I stayed, you know, obviously I've got, you know, French client, you know, my family was in France, you know, except the the couple of years where the border were closed, I was coming to France at least, you know, for, four to eight weeks a year. Um, so I was, you know, constantly in touch with the country, you know, follow the the news and things like this. But there are some names of minister or, you know, some type of elections or some type of artist, you know, I, I'm not understand. aware of it, you know. So, yeah. culturally, some people, you know, would say, hey, you know, you know this thing that, and I'm like, I've got no clue what you're talking about, you know. <laughs> so I've, I've missed a few episodes. Um, and, you know, obviously, you know, I'm so happy to, uh, you know, see, uh, again, close friends and things like this. But like, you know, in 15 years, same thing, you've missed a number of episodes, you know, I was not able to attend all those weddings and things like this. So on, on a personal note, um you know but at the same time you know it's i think it's um we we knew you know also what to expect you know coming back to france uh and you know that no one forced us so that that's our decision which i think is you know one of the key thing um is like you know when you're not forced uh into you know leaving leaving your country because you know is a war or, you know, you lost your visa and, you know, you were a foreigner in this country and all this, uh, and that's your decision to go into a new country, then, you know, things, you know, mentally things get easier and, you know, your integration or reintegration, um, you know, kind of follows. You know, it takes it takes what it takes, um, but ultimately, um, you know, it's, it's just, it's a process. You know, if uh, anyone listening, you know, Uh, watching us as change cities you know even if you don't change country and you change cities it's a pain you know like you need to find a new place you don't know the street names um you know if you've got uh kids or you know where do you send them to school they don't have friends anymore you know uh you need to make new friends so it's it's sort of a process you know and i must say um you know like uh um, we've been, we've been very, you know, very, very blessed, um, in many, many ways, you know, and, um, uh, you know, in the personal front, it's, you know, it's all good. On the business front, you know, it's, uh, creating a lot of, uh, exciting opportunities. Um, you know, the, the team is really, uh, kind of, uh, growing their, their wings in, you know, in Australia and, um, and in France. So, you know, I must say, you know, it's it's all good, but it's uh you know kind of uh, um, yeah you know you go through growing uh, growing pains in a way.
0: Yeah, that that makes sense. Uh, listen, I I want to get back to, a little bit to the subject. What about um, sticker shock? So a lot of people when they go to hire people overseas, we were talking about budget earlier, but they're kind of surprised at how much people make uh, in different cultures. So is is that an issue? I mean. Like, is that a human resources issue as well as like when colleague one person when people have the same job title but they're in two different markets mm-hmm. and there's a gross a big difference between pays, is is that ever an issue um, or or do you do your customers are they surprised by the amount I mean I imagine for example in Australia they probably pay fewer payroll taxes than they pay in France so in France you have the pay and then you have the payroll taxes. a sticker shot from that aspect as well yeah i
2: i agree so so yes i see what i see what you mean so i mean anyway so all all organizations so we we've got um uh you know for for australia and you know like some of our um uh clients in 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 france you know one way uh we we can hire locally so for example for a hong kong company at the moment we we are directly uh, hiring their country manager. So no one sees how much he earns technically. Okay. Okay. So that's one. Two, um, you know, something, uh, you know, when you speak with, uh, for example, people in France about the, the salaries in, in Australia or in the US, uh, you know, they would say, oh, but they earn so much money and all this. Um, but then the reality is, you know, what, what everyone needs to bear in mind is kind of the the cost of life, you know, like,
0: yeah.
2: um, you know, talking about France, you know, education <laughs> is free. Or, you know, if you send your uh, kids to the most expensive private school, it's going to yeah. be, uh, you know, 2,000, 3,000 euros a year. Okay. In Australia, we're talking 25,000 euros. Okay. Yeah. For childcare.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: <laughs> for childcare, you're not even sure to have a spot. Yeah. Uh, and then, you know, if you're not Australian, then that's it. That's what you have to pay. There is no government support or anything. Okay. So if you start the, the year with minus 25K, yeah. you know, uh, you better earn <laughs> 25K more than in France, you know, because then you need to pay an accommodation that's going to be more expensive than in France, a you know, food that's going to be on par with, you know, the the French price and, you know. Yeah. This little latte, you know, four dollar latte or five dollar latte, and 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 all this, you know, and plus your annual flight to uh, to go back to France and and all this. So, you know, it's the the important thing, and it's quite difficult. And there are you know websites where you can compare the cost of life, um, but the the important thing is uh, yeah to understand the kind of the cost of life. At the moment, we are hiring uh, in in uh, in Rwanda, for example. Uh, and, you know, for a country manager, uh, you know, we just want to manage expectation, you know, but like all budget for like a top uh, professional and, you know, is, you know, around 50k uh, euro uh, per annum uh, and that's the top role. And it's, you know, for Rwanda, it's like an amazing, amazing salary.
0: You're probably <laughs> living pretty well on 50k in Rwanda. You probably have. Yeah. Yeah. yeah.
2: Okay. And, you know, the average salary would be 500 bucks a month. So, so, yeah, but like, you know, would you, you know, so so someone in France, you know, in a country manager role, and, and that's to manage a team of, you know, 30, 40 people, you know, so, you know, would you leave your um, job in Paris to go for, the, for this job, you know, unless, you know, you're, you're going to save more, you're going to have a different adventure and all this, but like, you know, there's got to be um, something
0: in it personally. What, what about global HR solutions? Are that cha- Is that changing hiring globally as well? Because I'm seeing more SaaS's that offer kind of like you can, not HR solutions, but more like payroll solutions. You can yeah. hire employees globally. And it seems like that's getting easier from an administrative and, and legal perspective. It's easier to hire people. Is that correct?
2: So, so that's, that's correct. Like we've, we've seen, you know, companies like, uh, deal globalization partners and, you know, and others really, really thrive. Um, you know, we've, we've partnered with this organization and, you know, they, they, pro, you know, they provide compliance services. Um, and, uh, so from, uh, and it's quite amazing if you think about it, you know, to have this, this option to be able to hire someone in any market, you know, tomorrow. Uh, no, you know, for me, it's kind of, uh, mean, it's not the end in itself. You know, the end in itself is, um, okay. There's this amazing developer, uh, based in Argentina. And I want to work with this person. Then, you know, I'm looking at a solution like this to enable it. Okay. But in the first place, my, um, my end is to find an amazing developer. Yeah. Right. Um, so that,
0: that's that's what you found. That's a solution once you found the amazing developer. That's but that's not going to help you find him. I got you. Yeah.
2: Yeah. And, and the first thing is like, you know, understanding you need this, you know, you need this person and then to meeting this person, you know, and then, you know, or you can make it work with, um, you know, for the developer is amazing because you no, know, rather than send you an invoice, you no, know, it can be on, you know, on a payroll. So you can probably go and see a bank and say, hey, you know, I've got a, Long term contract. So, you know, give me a loan. Uh, you know, it's, it's kind of really enabling, you know, a number of person, uh, who were kind of freelance. It's really enabling a number of, uh, you know, the, the digital nomad, uh, movement. Um, so that I think it's a, it's a, it's a great solution. Um, the, no, you know, when, when we had, uh, this situation where the borders were closed in Australia, even though there was this opportunity to hire people, you know, that same person outside of Australia, I could see companies were still reluctant um, because, you know, it's, I mean, Australia is quite special in the sense that, you know, it there's a big time difference <laughs> with pretty much a lot of other markets um, and, uh you know, there are there are companies who are open to offshore, and there are companies who are not that open to offshore. Okay. Um and I, I would I would say offshore because that was the old name of remote. Okay. Um but I, I think that's that's the reality. And then the fact that then okay, you and me, we work you we work in the same company in France, and no, you work in Montpellier and I work in uh, in in Brittany, then that's another story because we've got this sense of belonging. We can go and meet you know in Paris in uh for for B2B Rocks and 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 spend the week there uh kind of bond. Uh I think it's quite different to you know you are uh, sitting in Buenos Aires in uh, uh in your flat and you know I'm working here and we um we only speak through Slack. So for some organization, um, that were kind of remote first, uh, that can work beautifully. Um, and, and, you know, I've got some, some clients, a workforce, you know, which is one of the clients we helped, um, uh, launch in, uh, continental Europe, uh, back in 2017. Um, and it's working fantastically. Everyone is remote. Okay. Uh, and they meet once a year. Uh, they all meet once a year. They do a retreat once a year. Um, you know, they, during the, the rest of the year, the you know the founder, or the founding team, they, they travel and they meet other people one on one, and it worked perfectly. You know, some companies are kind of actually completely going back to uh, to the office, and if if that was part of the original culture, you know, people join, um, then that's fine. And then you you see some companies uh um you know trying the hybrid but you know I still want you to be three days a week in Paris, yeah. um, two days a week in Paris. So you know what does that work for you who wants to live in, in Montpellier? You know? So uh, so um yeah to make it short, I think you know it's it's a matter of uh you know cultural organization. Uh you know for me personally um I enjoyed you know the 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 freedom of you know working from home you know working from you know wherever i want you know traveling you know working in australia singapore dubai um you know working while tra- while traveling but i actually you know physically miss uh you know the fact that um you know kind of meeting with my colleagues with meeting with uh you know my clients physically uh you know luckily there are a number of events and you know we um you know, like Vivatech was you know quite amazing for you know for me to be able to rebound physically, you know, with a number of you know clients, you know, former employees and things like this. Um you know, B2B Rock certainly will, uh, you know, in Paris. Um but yeah, I think you know it's you can there are some downside as well with uh with you know full remote working.
0: Yeah. I think I think in a way uh, Darwin and evolution are going to have a role here in the sense that organizations that are find the best model and it's find the best model as far as like work performance, but, but also attracting talent. And whatever happens there, I think that'll be the dominant model. And I think it's probably going to be a hybrid model because I think a lot of people, like you said, appreciate working in a distance. I don't think there's any problem with that, but there is a lot that happens around the water cooler spending a few minutes talking to a colleague everyone. There's uh, pick up little ideas, there's mentoring, you can get gossip about the company, all sorts of good stuff.
2: Yeah. Yeah, and I think yeah, I mean uh um yeah, you're missing like by uh working you know fully remotely, uh you're missing a number of the small stuff. Yeah. Um and uh you know that that's actually you know something I like a great business idea. You know if anyone uh, is uh, you know watching today and uh, want to uh, brainstorm with me on you know how to how can we um, you know actually fight jet lag in organization. Uh, you know in my hand, like you know uh, a lot of my team is um, as a, at the moment only eight hour uh, time difference with me, and uh, when we go in europe in um, in winter that's going to be 10 hours yeah so which is uh, uh you know a nightmare and you know obviously very very hard for me to be uh into the you know day to day operations you know of what's happening in the you know in in australia uh, you know with africa it's fine actually we we don't have much time difference with uh, with europe um but uh you know it can work beautifully you know because your a company can work around the clock if you've got, you know, uh, your team uh, spread on, on few continents, you know, at the same time the you know the the culture uh, cultural element and you know potentially productivity can uh, you know can suffer as well.
0: It, it sounds like you need a local manager. I'm different. Locally, if it's a, if it's a single worker, it's got to be someone who's like very mature and experienced. Or if it's if it's going to be a team, definitely need a local. Can't
1: have a headless local, um, because you just can't manage them with that kind of
2: difference. Of- yeah, yeah. Or you know, all organization. What we what we provide is uh, you know, also not only kind of the payrolling aspect, but the, you know the um, you know the facility. So we host you know number of uh, um, you know, country manager, sales, uh, developer uh for international clients at our office so basically you know they have this uh human report on a daily basis uh you know and and all clients know that you know they don't they don't just uh, you know have someone on the other end of the world you know they they can have someone you know check uh check them um you know on a daily basis and uh you know have a, have a coffee or you know have a, have a word when uh, things don't go according to the plan um, you know, this has happened with one of our French clients, actually their, um, sales rep, um, that, you know, we, we managed in Australia, uh, had some health issues, uh, and they went, they were notable about it, uh, you know, and they, you know, they were, um, putting a bit of pressure on her saying, Hey, you know, why haven't you, um, met, you know, 30 new clients this week? And, you know, um, and, and the reality was, you know, she she was sick and she didn't, uh, know if she could mention it to um you know to a, to her boss, you know. Uh and when we when we mentioned that said, hey, yeah, but do you know she's has bit down at the moment because she's having some uh, some troubles, they had no clue about it. So um, you know, so there are some setup like uh, like oars uh you know that that can you know uh I would say you know compensate for um you know the lack of uh you know, proper team or, um, you know, when, when you have, uh, your, your teams better over the world, you know, some, some people, uh, some organization, you know, they would give, uh, the equivalent of uh, you know, we work, uh, membership to the employee. Um, you know, and, and at least that give, uh, you know, even if you only have one employee in, you know, in, in Dubai or one staff in Dubai, you know, he will have a, a local community, you know, he can, um, build on and you
0: know and and learn from okay here's a quick question for you um do you know of any other country that has ticket restaurant like in france so in france we have little restaurant tickets where a lot of businesses if you work for them you can go to lunch and you pay all or a portion of your lunch with little ticket i have never been to another country where they use that Did they use that anywhere you've been to
2: uh interestingly there is uh eden eden uh and then uh, red that is uh, no uh, uh, one of the top 40 uh, listed French companies in the world they provide this type of solution internationally um, but uh, so in, in Australia we talk about the gym benefits you know the gym membership gym membership okay yeah, gym membership but no food no uh, no food yeah well, no you,
0: you it's, want it's, you, you want your employees to be killers so yeah you get them a gym membership um In the u.s one of my startup jobs we had a masseuse wow we had a masseuse that came in every friday and but i gotta tell you after getting a massage i'm no good
2: (laughs) i'm too relaxed uh, you know we have one of those seats you have at the airport uh, at the at the head office in uh, the japanese massage sheets in australia yeah so we have one of those
0: did I miss any subjects? Are there any things that I overlooked that you think we should, I should have asked about that you think are important for companies to look at or people to consider when they, when they consider going into new markets and hiring in new markets?
2: Um, I mean, the, 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 the thing, uh, you know, and that, that could be interesting, you know, in the topic, we haven't spoken about chat uh, oh. and artificial intelligence, um, but so something is you know there is one thing is to do some uh, desktop market research you know mm. and you know understanding a little bit about the market potential another thing is to go and actually visit the the market okay yeah so so here i'm saying that um uh, because we've um we've helped a number of organizations you know prepare for their trip you know to australia or actually do even a startup tour uh, in Asia Pacific, you know, with countries like uh, Singapore, Hong Kong, uh, Vietnam, Cambodia, in uh, Southeast Asia. Uh, but it's really when you, uh, you know, go to the target market that, you know, you understand a number of things. Uh, you know, recently I met a delegation from uh, of Australian startups uh, who came, you know, we did two days in London for the London Tech Week and two days in Paris for Vivatech and you know and then jumping into you know other countries and then going back to australia um i mean that's one way to do it I'm, I'm not sure i mean it's it's amazing because you know in in just a week you know you can see a number of markets um but that would give you you know just like a pretty superficial uh you know view of the of the market um you know and and Yeah, if if you invest the time, you know, and the and the money into you know uh, the flight and the um and uh, accommodation and you know the the business trip, uh, you know, I would encourage to get a, a local consultant or you know, let's say a guide, um, you know, organizing this trip with you and um, you know, maybe arranging some uh, you know, some meetings, uh, and um. One of the big mistakes uh, I've I've seen a number of companies do is you know, they go, they travel, they meet a lot of people, and then they go back to their base. Uh and uh you know, and they go back into their day-to-day and they don't do the the follow-up properly. Uh and, and that for me, like our first engagement back in 2015 for a French company in Australia left me so much frustration because we organized something like 40 business meetings in, in, you know, two weeks, three different cities, and they they went back to France, and then, you know, the okay. prospect they were coming back to us saying, hey, you know, can we get a quote? You know, uh, they told me they would send me this. You know, can they do this and all this? And I could see, you know, they were back into their day to day, and you know, they just wasted. Uh, you know, two team like when a lot of, you know, money and their time, which is, yeah. you know, they had a fantastic time in Australia, but I, I don't think that was the purpose. And three, they destroyed their reputation, you know. Yeah. If you go into a, a market, creating the expectation you're going to serve that market, uh, then, you know, leave someone behind, you know. like, And if, if you do it through a company like, you know, like us, you know, or the guide, then, you know, then keep this, uh, and assuming he's doing a good job and you trust that person, then, you know, he could then become your first kind of uh, point of contact or, or voice and pair of eyes in the in the market.
0: Yeah. One, of, one of the things that's come up over uh, past shows that we did, for, especially when we to go to the U.S. market, is typically the companies that are mostly, most successful in the U.S. market, like Aircall, which you mentioned, and I'm uh, I think of another Belgian company around data, but Calibra. But um, their founders, one of their founders went and moved to the country. And, and what he said is, is like, you need local people for the culture, but you also need someone really aligned with the philosophy of, of ownership and has a personal stake, make things successful. Um, and because there, you get a lot of noise from local markets, like, oh, we need to do this, this, this. And it's people that have local experience, but they're not necessarily aligned with a corporate or understand the culture of the company. Like that And so, so that that a founder, uh, eventually a founder, I don't think it's a necessity, but um, a founder, when they go overseas, they're able to s- cut through the noise of what's like, you know, if they give you ideas on the product or feedback on the product and say, no, that's not really. Do you see what I'm saying? Yeah. I don't know if you found that to be true, too. Yeah. Right?
2: so i I think in terms of uh, i mean some of the examples you mentioned and and you know you know i' I'm, I'm actually and you know i, I never um pretend to be a, an expert of the u s market okay yeah. um and uh, and from what from what I've seen you know one of the agenda for europe, let's say european because it's not just French startup going and establishing in the u s yeah. And especially sending their, you know, one of their co founder is to, um, you know, not only kind of get some market share in the U.S., which is, you know, often the largest market, um, but also to, um, you know, find investors. So basically, yeah, raise. I was going to say raise money, money well, yeah. in the U.S., OK, yeah. which, you know, I can I can appreciate, you know, in terms of, you know, valuation, you know, amount of money. Um, and you know, which also is a bit sad. And you know, that was a big, uh, a big topic in uh, in Viva Tech in a way that you know a number of the best early stage startup French startup, you know, were then becoming uh, you know U.S. companies. Um, and you know, this all talk about the the sovereignty. Um, but um...
0: yeah, it's it's complicated.
1: It's complicated because there's there's a lot of issues there. I mean. Money. Uh, I want I mean, culture as well. I mean, unfortunately, it's kind of like a race to the bottom.
0: The friendlier your culture is, the more you get a percentage of that. And then there's also English skills. We're
1: going to build a global solution. You have to have English speakers. Unfortunately, unfortunately, French is the green language. Uh, but, but. but
0: Hard to do marketing in, uh, at least for at least for global markets. So I guess there. well, listen, um, I don't want to take up. We're coming up on an hour, so I'm going to wrap this up. We have our, our B2B rocks questions. So I'm going to try and give you uh, some quick questions and maybe you can give me a quick response. You have a funny anecdote from your career, maybe something around uh, being French or your accent. Got a funny anecdote, anything wow. funny?
2: Uh, I've got a few, I've got, I've got a funny anecdote about you at B2B Rocks, uh, okay. last year. Okay. <laughs> um, no, but funny anecdote, uh, I mean, my, 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 one of my works experience arriving in Australia, uh, and after, uh, you know, studying probably, uh, uh, easily a dozen of years in, uh, in English, you know, uh, in, in the French, uh, education system um I arrived in melbourne back in september 2002 yeah. uh and i had to write down Tone hall on a yeah. piece of paper for the bus driver after asking him 10 times if the bus was going to town hall yeah. um I had to write it down um, and i felt really really uh, like like shite, uh that day because <laughs> it was literally the first time i was taking the bus uh you know in, in australia and I was the head of seven months in Australia. I was oh like, "What? what the heck am I doing here?" <laughs> um, but yeah, over a few years, I, I may have you know better better anecdotes. But the that that's the one uh, but that's my, a pretty good one. Yeah, but I'm, okay. I'm not apologizing anymore about my accent. You know that that's no. my, like it's the, a, a frozy accent. No, you know. No, two, well, um, that's
0: a public announcement we should make to everybody. Accents in a foreign language is great. It's better than a business card. Yes. I, I meet people in France with my accent, and I've got a heavy accent in French, and they always remember who I am, and, uh, but I think it's great. And I know that, Leo, I'm sure if I took you to San Francisco and walked you around, I'm sure people would fine. So I think it's great, um, it's, and, and it's actually much easier to meet people with an accent. I think I'd be more successful selling in France than in the US.
2: Okay, what, what would you like to improve in our industry? Um, I mean few things. I think um you know I, I see the emergence of you know a number of no code uh solutions. Um but you know for someone that is non-tech like me, you know, like uh, you know it's probably the, the ability to uh develop new solutions, uh whether they are tech solution or tech enabled solutions, uh, you know, in a in a much easier way. Um you know, and hopefully um, you know, with uh AI. Uh, you know, that that will uh, arrive much faster, um, you know, and a number of developers we need to, you know, kind of reskill, uh, you know, and kind of move up the ladder, you know, become, you know, maybe architect or. Um,
0: it It's true that developers are kind of a choke point for our industry because they're very expensive positions. If you need one and the more technical it is, the more they're expensive. So, some of that overhead, that technical overhead by having able to do a lot of this stuff with AI. Yeah no absolutely that makes sense. Yeah I think, okay. I think, I
2: think you know, we would come up with way more uh, productivity and, and creative solutions you know if we didn't have that barrier of uh, you know, coding in a way
0: I just can't wait and my kids have AI tutors. I don't have to <laughs> tutor them up. So that's like sign me up person who comes out with AI tutor for my kids, 30 bucks a month. I'm down. Okay. okay give me three words that describe SaaS
1: as industry uh i would say you
2: know fast always available um you know and easy easy to adopt
0: well, what i love is working in SaaS, working in technology any other industry i work in i'm, I'm like this is stupid they do this wrong they should, they should go look at SAS for better ideas. Okay, last one. What's your favorite rock song?
2: Um, I'm going kind to... Of, I mean, I, I won't quote uh, ACDC, you know, from my... Uh, uh, from Australia, I think. From Australia. Um, probably, you know, I'm, as I'm rediscovering the, the French rock scene, uh, I would uh, name a song from M that I saw uh, at a concert in, uh, in New York earlier this year. You know, M, like just the letter M. So for those of you who are non-French, you know, check it out. And the the song is La Seine.
0: La Seine. uh, M. La Seine, like
2: the place
0: or like the river?
2: La Seine is the river.
0: The river in Paris. Okay. La Seine. Um, S-E-I-N-E. Listen, Leo, I can't wait to see you at B2B Rocks. Uh, I'll buy the first beer, at least the first one. Maybe a Foster's. Australian. And um, you have a great time until we see each other there in September on the 19th. Um, thank you so much for your ideas. I recommend everybody out there, if you're looking for somebody to help you for hire in Asia, APAC, or apparently in Africa now as well, get in touch with Leo. You probably can have some good ideas and can help you network as well. Thank you again so much
1: for your time.
2: Thank you. See you very soon. Nice to see bye. you all. Bye bye.
1: It's always Oh, okay. Um, oh, I forgot to change the date here.
0: So it's not the, it's July 18th. The next the next one,
1: July 18th. Let me go there here here we go. Let's change this, 18th. Okay, everybody. So on July 18th,
0: we're gonna have Doreen Pernell uh, of Scaleway. She's their VP of sales. I spoke with Dor- Doreen today. Really impressive young person. Uh, wow! Um, so I'm look, really looking forward to this, and and I had a lot of interesting conversations with other people on. So it'll be a really interesting talk. I hope you show up,
1: and uh, thank you so much, and have a great day. Bye bye.